All right, let me let me hop on the phone real quick. Let me sp- periscope this. No, let's uh, let's actually just do this podcast because we've spent almost fifteen minutes talking about this bullshit. Yeah, it's okay. Fine, <laughs> my pizza's almost done. Oh my god, Andy's making pizza. Jesus Christ! I brought the pizza oven into my room. Oh, see, um, and you got and you got plenty of room for that pizza. Oven. You got a fucking pizza oven in your room, but you don't have space <laughs> no. for three more shirts. It's, no, it's no, it's from the kitchen. I cleared off space on the this nightstand to put it on. It's like a little revolving tray, and uh, I plugged it in, and I'm making pizza so I can do the show while my pizza cooks. And then if you hear a ding, it means my pizza's ready, and I'm gonna cut it and I'm gonna eat it while you guys are talking. Now where are your I think we've reached go. peak CSR podcast yeah. here. Christ. Hello, welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast, your Cat Scratch Reader official podcast about the Carolina Panthers and all their shortcomings. This is Brian, joined by Brad. Brad, how are you doing tonight? I am well. How are you? I'm uh, somewhat well. Uh, John, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm mostly okay, other than you guys just just criticizing every decision I make with my life tonight. Hey, you'll have pizza at some point, so you can eat your feelings away. Um, it is a very good pizza. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. So am I. Um, <laughs> so speaking of eating your feelings away, Panthers just lost uh, just an ugly game to the Rams. Very reminiscent of last season's Chicago Bears game. I was so angry. I'm still angry. I think we all are angry. Um, to break it down. Actually, I'm not, I'm not angry. You know, believe it or not, I'm not angry. I'm You're I'm worse than angry. I'm 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 oh, disappointed, boy. but I'm I'm actually worse than angry. I'm apathetic. Like <laughs> I don't give a shit anymore, you know? Like I just I knew it was going to happen. I expected it. I We'll get into it later, but there were things that happened that I just said, you know, there's no way we're going to win this game. And I stopped caring. And I don't know. I I don't know if they'll ever get if they'll ever bring that back out of me, because it's just it's been the same shit, just a different day for so long. Yep. And uh, you finally got you finally turned me this last week. I finally like was very positive about the Panthers. Thought it was going to be their coming out game as an offense. Predicted a multi-score victory, and uh, they just put me right back in that same spot I was at after the Chicago game last year, where I'm not picking the Panthers yeah. ever. This is your fault. Like, <laughs> I, I'm blaming. It's my it's my fault. John's pizza's John's done. Pizza's done. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> so we got something to look forward to, right? There's some yeah, good, good in the world. We're going to get to eat pizza, and we're going to get to talk about how Washington embarrassed the Panthers. I'm pretty sure I said the, the name I'm not supposed to say earlier, too, so you'll want to bleep that, John. 
Uh, I wasn't even uh, listening for it. Like five uh, minutes ago. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll it was in it. near the beginning. Anyway. Um, it was it was near the intro. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the Panthers <laughs> got beat by the Washington Redacteds, and it all started with the Panthers running the ball six straight times, only to punt on fourth and one on at midfield. And, you know, there might be something to be said about that decision, but it, it, it definitely didn't go the right way. And in hindsight, Ron Rivera should have just went for it. But instead, what happened was... For, foresight, in foresight as well. Yeah, true. Ron Rivera should have gone. Instead, Washington took the punt back, scores, on what was a really easy touchdown to Vernon Davis, I might add. Um, then the Panthers come out on offense. And I think, was it that, was that when DJ Moore fumbled? Was that when the first time? That was the no, first, no, no, actually what I happened think- was when, when Ron punted the ball, DJ Moore was the least aware person that has ever been on a football field and let the ball go into the end zone when he could have downed it at like the three yard line. Okay, that was mistake number two because number one was punting in the first place, and I'll expand on that later. Yeah. Uh, we actually forced them into a three and out, and DJ fumbled the punt. That's right. Yep. Return. Ugh. Trying to get more yards, he fumbled the punt return. And then the very next play, six seconds later, Vernon Davis is wide-ass fucking open, 25 yards downfield, and scores. Yep, that's how it was. I, I remember that now. And then the Panthers went on the following drive and netted negative one yards after incomplete pass to Chris Manhurts, negative one yard run by Cam, passing complete to DJ Moore, and then the scored again with a touchdown to Paul Richardson. And then it just and it wasn't just an incomplete pass to Chris Manhurts because that makes it sound like it was a tight end, you know, normal play. It was a screen pass to Chris Manhurts. Yep. I do remember. We that. have to clarify that it was an even. It was a dumb play from the beginning. You know why are we doing that with Chris Manhurts? It's like a couple of years ago when Jericho Cotri was the pitch man on the the option play. Like why do why do we keep doing these dumb things? Because they won't expect it. In known yak, known yak machine, yak, Chris yeah, Manhurts. known yak machine, Chris Manhurts. And this is the drive that really pissed me off following that touchdown. Um, so the Panthers managed to gain a first down, a couple first downs, I should say, and then Cam gets sacked by DJ Swearinger, somehow manages to get recovered by Greg Van Roten. So on second and 16, they decide to run Cam Newton up the middle, in which he gains zero yards. So it's third and 16, and they try a deep pass. Of course it wasn't going to freaking work. Like, they put Cam in a position where he had to throw the ball down the field, and the defense knew it was coming. So sure enough, freaking Josh Norman gets his first interception like 25 games or something like that because of a hit on Cam Newton. And uh, we knew that was going to happen, right? Yeah, like I know. As soon as as soon as Kenny Albert and Charles Davis started talking about Josh Norman hasn't had an interception since 2016. Well, fuck it, he's going to have one today. Yep. You know, yes, good job, did. boys. You just guaranteed it. It's just like any time they say Graham Gano is perfect on extra points this season. What's he going to do? He's going to shank it right off the upright. 
The defense turned around and had a decent drive that forced a punt that would have given the Panthers the ball on the 34, were it not for another dumb freaking block in the back penalty, a block above the waist, I should say. Um, on a fair on catch. On a fair catch, yep. Real quick, I want to go back to that. I want to go back to that last drive with yeah, the interception. If you, if you run it on second and more than 15, or anything more than 10, really, if you run it on, like, second, especially 15, anything more than second and 15, and you run it, uh, you basically, you might as well just punt it instead. Yep. That's, like, that's throwing in the towel. That's, that's exactly what that play is. Yep. So then, after the stupid penalty on the punt, Josh Norman knocked the ball out from DJ Moore. And quite frankly, it was, I'm going to give credit to Josh Norman where it's due. At the time, I was kind of pissed at DJ Moore, but it was a really good play by Norman. He peanut punched the ball yeah, out. It, yeah, yeah you, can't, you can't fault DJ Moore for that one. There's n- nobody keeps that, that ball because he, he literally peanut punched yeah. it. Like, that's a fumble no matter what. So, yep. Then the Redskins. I blame Charles Tillman for teaching it to Josh Norman. Then, yeah. Then, then the Washington Redacteds. I almost said it. Kicked uh, a field goal. Yeah, you said it earlier. And you didn't notice. Um, it's hard, man. Um, so then the Redskins kicked a field goal. The Panthers finally came out and tried to <laughs> score. They missed the extra point, of course. After after uh, Devin Funches, quite frankly, mossed the corner. And then they ended the half, and then we just saw what was essentially Cam Newton in overdrive. They finally turned him loose, and uh, Panthers managed a field goal and a touchdown, but they had to trade off two more field goals with Washington because the offense wasn't overly, you know, aggressive at times. So then at the very end of the game, they couldn't make it happen and they lost. And here we are. Man, I don't even know where to start with like the I, I, I want I guess I do know where to start. Um I a lot of this stuff and I think Walker talked about it a lot in the comments of his MMO about like you know, this wasn't all on coaching, and obviously it wasn't. Like, coaching's not the reason directly that Cam Newton threw an interception or, di- like, the direct reason DJ Moore put hold onto the ball. But those are physical mistakes that players are not intentionally doing. Like, there's there's no, you know, like, I'm glad. I do give Ron Rivera credit for, like, sticking with DJ Moore. Like, DJ Moore knows he doesn't need, he can't fumble. Like, he doesn't need to be sit on the bench yeah. to, like, learn a lesson. Yeah, there's no coaching fumble. involved there. Yeah, you just you're just hurting his confidence even more. Um so I'm cool with that, but like making conscious decisions to run it five times in a row and then punt and then the other the the more I think the other thing I'm uh, we did, that Brian didn't mention that I think was a, another bad sequence of plays was that last drive we had before the half. Oh god, yes. Yeah. Where <laughs> where we came out and we decided we we're going to run the clock. Except we, and then on third down, we didn't want to run the clock anymore and threw an incomplete pass where we just got the worst of both worlds. Yeah. Where we either we did the, we got the yardage of a run out the clock and the time lapse of a failed scoring drive. Yeah, what, what made it even worse? No, with no benefit. What made it even worse is we called a timeout when Washington had fourth down. So, you know, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, they're calling a timeout now. 
with a minute left, they're going to try to at least salvage something out of this half and get three points. Like yeah. I, I was actually starting to come around a little bit when they did that. And then they, mm-hmm. you know, shit the bed by doing what they did. Uh, so it just yeah. made no sense. Either if, if you're going to run it on first and second down, you have to run on third down. Like if you made the decision that you don't want to make a mistake and you just want to run the clock out and go to halftime, you have to, you have to see it through. Like I would obviously criticize the decision either way because it's a stupid thing to do, but at least stick to your guns because what they did was the worst possible thing they could have done because like I said, they didn't kill the clock or move the ball. Like, well, they really, they really should have just come out and been like, Hey, Cam, don't get sacked. Um, let's try to get this. Let's try to get into field goal range. Yeah, precisely. Again, but, and I'll get one more back to the comment section of the MMO. Stevie, like Stevie said, every single decision this coaching staff makes is to mitigate risk, particularly when it comes to, uh, and especially it's especially prevalent when it comes to Cam Newton. Like, uh, we can't risk an interception. We can't risk a, a, fu- a sack or a sack fumble. We are at even just an incompletion. So let's try to avoid passing as much yeah, as possible. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to expand on that because I – Stevie's right. And, you know, if you're listening to this, Stevie, you know, props to you, but you're absolutely 100% dead on right. Ron Rivera will not take a risk for anything, nothing. Uh, He is the most risk averse coach in the league now, other than Marvin Lewis. And even Marvin Lewis, he makes Marvin Lewis look like Sean McVay. Um, you know, you, you cannot – when you have Cam Newton as your quarterback and you have fourth down and one yard, unless you're on, like, your own eight-yard line, there is absolutely no excuse at all at any point in any game, no matter what the score is, no matter what time it is, no matter nothing, that you punt the damn ball. With Cam Newton – the Panthers have an 83% success rate on fourth and one, 83%. So if you run that play 100 times, 83 times, you're going to get a first down. Since 2014, that number jumps to 100%. That means, Ron, that Cam Newton on fourth and one or shorter has never failed. None. Not at all. You cannot tell me that punting is better than letting Cam Newton get one yard on fourth down. None. There's no excuse for it. The guy is 6'5", 250 pounds, He's bigger than the guys lined up against him. Put it, you, you, you don't have to run it out of the eye formation. Don't, don't even pretend to try to fool the defense. Go five wide, put Cam Newton behind the line of scrimmage, and just let him get the freaking yard. He will get it just about every single time. On third and one, that's what you should do. Because there's no defense in the NFL at all that will stop Cam Newton twice there's just it it's not possible it will not happen i do want it so i'm just gonna you know people are saying that we shouldn't complain that he didn't go for it on fourth and one 
at midfield in the first quarter. He absolutely should go for it on fourth and one at midfield in the first quarter because I believe in momentum. I believe in psychology. And I honestly believe, and nothing has made me believe otherwise, that we lost that football game the moment he punted in the first quarter. Because that's, that told the offense, I don't believe that you're good enough to gain one yard. <clears throat> to expand. It also tells your defense that you don't believe they're good enough to make a stop. Exactly. And the offense, he for told, some reason, doesn't pick up that he, yard. He told the entire team, I don't believe in you. And I honestly believe that that's the kind of shit that will keep us from getting over the hump and ever winning a Super Bowl with Ron Rivera at the helm. I wanted to expand on that point about being conservative and punting the ball because the mindset behind that is, okay, we're going to be conservative. We're going to let our defense make a play and stop them. And, you know, three or four years ago, maybe. But this year is by far the biggest time where the NFL has all but said we are going to let offenses play football and throw the ball and score points because exactly playing offense and throwing the ball is by far the highest. You have the highest ceiling of success because at any given time you could have a really dumb pass to pass interference penalty or illegal contact penalty, or you could just have a defensive lineman fall on a quarterback the wrong way. Like in this NFL right now, the, the risks of throwing the ball as far as interceptions or sacks are concerned are highly, highly mitigated by the fact that in any given play, you can get a first down just because of the way that the NFL is going. They've all but said, we want quarterbacks throwing the ball as much as possible with the way they've... they've. Yeah, exactly. I mean, defenders are already coming out, and I think this was a bullshit excuse, but defenders are already coming out and saying, I'm scared to hit the quarterback because I don't want to get a 15-yard penalty. So I let Tom Brady score a touchdown because I didn't want to risk doing that. And I mean, like Brian said, they're they're all but saying, literally saying, "Hey, quarterbacks can sling it. We're not going to stop. You know, we want that to happen." Yes, exactly. They want them to throw the ball. So this whole idea of like hinging on your defense when your defense is just before the ball is even snapped at a disadvantage is just ridiculous to me. Like they should be playing to what the game is giving them at this point. Like, so it's like they make that, they make that point about passing the ball in general, as far as like trying to throw more underneath routes, but why aren't they just throwing the ball more in general? Why aren't they being trying to be on the, on the field as much as possible as an offense when there's so many times where they can get an easy first down that only makes it better. And what's the difference if they punt the ball and granted, as you guys said, you know, DJ Moore made a dumb play and it ended up being a touchback. But if you look at it from it was a 25 yard change of position. Basically, based on punting the ball from where they were at to where the ball ended up. And in today's NFL, 25 yards is not that much. I mean, it's one play. It, it, it's, it could be one play. It could very well be two. Yeah. But conservatively, it's two plays. But yeah, it, it's it's nothing. Yeah. It's nothing. If your defense is going to make that stop, and another they'll thing, make that stop at midfield. Yeah. Like. Yeah, and and the other thing that I don't understand about Ron's philosophy, Ron, your defense is dog shit right now. It's absolutely garbage. Like, we let Adrian 
87-year-old Peterson rush at 5.7 yards per carry. We can't even stop Adrian Peterson. We let a guy named Capri Bibbs run on us. I don't even know. That's that's a made-up-ass name. Like, that's not even a real name. You know, we let... We let Washington go for it on fourth and one with Alex Smith, and what did they do? They ran a QB sneak underneath the line, underneath the offensive line, and they picked it up. Why are we not doing? They did that? it more than once too. They did it twice. Yeah. We got Ron Rivera got outcoached by uh, Jay Gruden, who is not even the good Gruden. Like he got outcoached by the lesser Gruden of the two. And, and the, the good, good Gruden's not, is not even good. good anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about Jay Gruden, who's not even as good Adam. as his brother, who's, mm-hmm. who traded away Khalil Mack at the beginning of the year and is now saying, I don't know why we can't rush the quarterback. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. We lost to his brother, who's not as good as him. Great. I have some numbers Aaron. for you guys. Okay. I know you guys like my numbers. So, um... The and this goes back kind of to the punt, but more so before the punt because we had I think it was a second and three, and then third and three, and then fourth and one, or second and two. Um, it was third way. and one, and then fourth and uh, one. We we got I think it was it was first. We got we got eight yards on first down, and then one yard on second down. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, second and two, third and one, fourth and one. So, little some little numbers for you guys to uh show you what kind of decision making we're doing. Um, and I posted this on CSR um, this year so far before this game. So this is the information available to the coaching staff before that series. Um, we had 26 plays with three yards or less to go to get either a first down or a touchdown. Um, on of those 26 plays, we ran it 15 times and averaged 3.6 yards per carry. And we picked up the first down or touchdown 60% of the time, which is fine. But on the 11 pass attempts we did on those uh, short yardage situations, Cam Newton completed nine of 11 passes. Eight of those went for first downs. And we averaged 6.6 yards per play. Picked up the first down 73% of the time. Those numbers sound bigger. Yes, the passing numbers do sound bigger because they are bigger. Um, Also, on the other side of things, Washington uh, held the Saints to 3.3 yards per carry the week before they played us, and they allowed the Saints 12.5 yards per pass attempt. So why on second, third, and fourth and short would you go run, run, punt? Yeah, I don't understand the play calling either. Like, you know, I was saying this while the game was going on. I'm like, Washington's pass defense is really pretty bad. And why are we not exposing it? And it's no surprise... When we went down 17 to nothing and we had to start throwing to come back, that the offense started getting into a groove and moving the ball down the field because we were doing what the other team can't defend that well. And it just, it amazes me that that Ron Rivera, I don't believe that Ron Rivera is stupid. Like he's an NFL coach, you know, he's a successful defensive coordinator and He's had moderate success as a head coach, so he's not stupid. Like, he has some intelligence. Why he can't see that, hey, they can't stop the pass. Let's 
expose that. Let's pass the ball. And, you know, it's just he's so caught up in we're going to be a running team that he completely ignores context. And it's just it's it's infuriating that we we see this week in and week out. You want to hear something amazing, too? And I'm sure plenty of people who watched the game saw this. Yeah. As soon as they turned the ball, as soon as they just let Cam loose in the second half, he completed five passes in the same drive to Torrey Smith. Five. One of which was a touchdown and one of which was a two-point conversion. And granted... Yeah, he completed 67.5% of his passes. He threw for 275 yards. He threw two touchdowns, one interception, which really wasn't his fault because he got hit as he threw it. Torrey Smith became a wide receiver that actually is worth having on the team. Devin Funches looked like Randy frickin' Moss. I mean, it it just it amazes me that it takes getting down seventeen nothing to to start seeing that. And what what's crazy to and like the passing plays in general just seemed up until the end of the four of the fourth quarter when Cam missed three straight passes. They seem to be dialing up the kind of stuff that they were talking about. They wanted to see before the season started, like yeah. the the shorting pa- the shorter passes. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Tory Smith ran. Literally the same route on his touchdown and two-point conversion play. It was just a drag route, a simple dry, yeah. drag route. I don't know how many times I have, I've seen either no routes like that or drag routes where they decide to push it down the field in double coverage to a guy like Torrey Smith. And I'm just like, why? You have all these guys who are so good at running with the ball. Why aren't you throwing it to them in the open field and letting them make a play? It's just ridiculous. It's insane. I think I, think, I, I, think I know why. And I think it comes back to the same thing as the other stuff. I think we're we don't we think I don't know if it's just if this is true, but my guess would be we're afraid that throwing the ball over the middle is risky because that's where interceptions like an overthrow will lead to an interception. So we'd rather have Cam just throw these insanely difficult like 15 yard outs over and over and over again as opposed to just like hey let's let's get a uh, DJ Moore running across the middle in space. I mean like that that'll never work. Yeah. Yeah, he's only third or second in the league in yards per catch after the catch, you know. Yeah. You know, let, let, let's not get him the ball in space. Let's let's not get Curtis Samuel the ball in space and, you know, or use speaking him at of all. Curtis Samuel <laughs> or use him at all. For those of you listening, he actually is still on the roster uh even though he wasn't active that much on Sunday. He's still on the team. Um played three snaps. I want to know he played he played three snaps. And the the thing that that gets me the most, somebody asked Ron about it, and he said he's not part of the scheme. And John, I know that you're kind of hard on Curtis Samuel. You're the the president of the Curtis Samuel <laughs> Haters Club. But how is Curtis Samuel not part of your scheme? He's like one of your three best options at wide receiver. Like how? If you saw what he did a couple of weeks ago when he scored his first touchdown, how can you not put him in the game plan going forward? I mean, yeah, I've been vocal uh, on my my criticism of him. He needs looked better this year. Um, but the way he the what he did with his opportunities against the Giants, uh, for sure warrants not losing snaps the next week. Yeah, it just it didn't make any sense at all, and the not part of the scheme excuse was even worse. It's like. 
you know, we want to run the ball. Okay, well, that's well and good. But since we're going to talk about that, let's talk about somebody else who was absent. Um, C.J. Anderson played one snap, but according to the NFL official statistics, he played zero snaps because he was not involved in the play at all. And I don't know why we why we even have him on the roster at this point. You know, we brought him in to be the backup running back to to be able to use Christian McCaffrey, like split him out wide, put him in matchups where he can, you know, make a linebacker look stupid, all these things. But he didn't even get on the field. He wasn't injured. None of that. He just they didn't use him. It's funny, too, how once they went down and they started throwing the ball to Christian McCaffrey. Good things happened. So I'm not sure why between him, Samuel, Moore, you're throwing screen passes to Chris freaking Manhurts. Like, it's just it's 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 infuriating. Like, I get it. You want to be a little more deceptive in the NFL. But at the same time, you could put all three of those guys on the field and run that kind of play. And they're not going to be 100 percent sure which play it's which way it's going to go. I just I want to see more McCaffrey in the slot, CJ Anderson in the backfield. You could play motion with McCaffrey, but he's a first-round caliber receiver. Why is he not catching the ball more? And it seemed like week one they did a lot of that, and then they just decided, now we're going to show everybody that he can run him between the tackles. Like, the NFL gets it, Ron. He can run between the tackles. He's not Emmett Smith. Okay? Yeah. You can run. But you know who's almost like Emmett Smith and who's closer to Emmett Smith than Christian McCaffrey is? C.J. Anderson. Yeah. He's a thousand yard rusher from last year with Denver and you signed him for a one year deal and you're not even going to play him against Washington. I mean, it just, it doesn't make any sense. Like Cameron artist Payne can fill the, the, the role of guy on the, on the running back depth chart who comes in for one snap, but doesn't get involved in the play. Like, why are you, why are you wasting CJ Anderson's time? I don't know. The other thing that we do, and this, this is kind of, I want to go back a little bit with the whole, like, not part of the scheme and our insistence on the running. He did say, he did mention, I do want to say real quick, he did mention game plan as well. He didn't just say not part of the scheme, but anyway, I, that's, I, I don't know. That's even I dumber. Don't I'm that. not saying. I'm just trying to provide more yeah, yeah. of what he said. But anyway. no, no, no. That's he. That's what they said. But I don't. The the thing yeah, about right. it is like one. I don't see much of a difference in our game plan from week to week. So I can't. I don't know what's like what was different about our approach this week compared to last. Because we did much of the same stuff, like we do every week. Yeah, we we do the we do the same stuff yeah. every week. It's run the ball, and run the ball, run the, the ball. The only punt. difference I see is that they got DJ Moore more involved, yeah. but I don't understand why you, they couldn't have done the same thing with Samuel on like you know the snaps where they decided to run it up the up the gut with Christian McCaffrey for yeah. one yard. Well, so. and then I think yeah. and I think there's this idea that we have to have an identity, and I understand like to an extent that's true. Like you need to know who you are and what you're good at, but on the same token. I think in terms of being like a better basketball or sorry, I'm watching basketball, better football team. Oh my basketball's God. Basketball's on my TV. Uh, better football team. Your identity, identity, and this is the Patriots thing. And again, if the Patriots do it, you should do it. Your identity should be whatever your opponent is bad at. That you can do it well. Like if you, if yeah. you can't, 
if you have no skilled tight ends and your opponent's bad at defending tight ends, like don't don't force it to your terrible tight ends. But like, I don't think there's anything on this offense where we are like devoid of talent completely. So if like it, it if a team is good at stopping like a number, if like they have a shutdown corner and your number one receiver has our time, like you know, go around that, like plan around what your opponent's weaknesses are, not like. We're going to go into a game. And now Washington's run defense hadn't been good, but like New York, like for example, the Giants had a, a better run defense. It's like, don't just go into every week like, oh, we're we're going to establish the run first and then we're going to build off of that regardless of who the opponent is and what they're good at and what they're bad at. Like that's that's stubborn. That's that's not establishing an identity. That's just, like I said, just being stubborn. Yeah. Why can't our yeah. identity be winning? Like... Like you said, like the Patriots, they don't, mm-hmm. they just win games. Like they just, they look at their opponent and they're like, hey, they're, they're dog shit at defending the run. So yeah. guess what? We're going to run they it down the throat. And then next week, the oh, they're, 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 yeah, they're, they're not as good at, at covering the number two wide receiver because they only have one corner. Well, guess what, Tory Smith? We're th- yeah. chunking the shit out of it to you. You know, I mean, why can't we be that way? Like you said, it's it's incredibly frustrating. And I believe every single person sees that except for the three people who are in charge of making the damn decisions yeah, like I, in, in Charlotte. Well, I write my like defensive previews, and, and I can't speak for Ashley, but I'm sure it's the same for her when she writes the offensive previews. It, it doesn't take, like, hours and hours of research for me to, like, go on, like, look up some stats and look up some box scores and be like okay like washington this are like you know they're bad at covering running backs out of the backfield or you know uh they're good at stopping the run or like their quarterback likes to throw it short like i can find that at a glance and then i use that to say these are like the keys to stopping to winning this game is we have to take away these things and it doesn't seem like the actual football team does much with any kind of information like that now, granted, our defense was much better yesterday, and they yeah, have they have more information have than we do. Film. That's too expensive. Spending my money on basketball leagues, and like, <laughs> and yeah, but like, if I can say like Alex Smith likes to throw it short and he throws it to his backs and tight ends a lot, I would think you would like, you know, hone your defense in on that. And like I said, granted, we did play good defense yesterday or Sunday, so I'm not going to take that away and say our defense was still bad like it's been most of this year, but. The point is, the point stands is like, you know, we don't really seem to try to take away what the other teams are good at. We just kind of say, this is what we're good at, and this is what we're going to try to do, and identity and stuff. And you bring up a good point, John. Of course I do. <clears throat> and I that that's why I want to get away. And uh, of course you did. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to get away from the offense for a minute and just bring up the defense. So you're right. The defense did not play bad per se on Sunday, but we've, I mean, it's been five games, five full games. This is not a defense where they can bail the offense out on a bad offensive day anymore. It's just not going to happen. So no, and it should be, it should be like pretty blatantly obvious based on Eric Washington's reviews where he's saying like, Oh, they need to be more consistent, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, the pass rush was decent or whatever, but in the end, the defense is not getting the job done as far as just like shutting teams down completely like we're used to as far as like an elite Panthers defense goes. So 
why aren't they being more aggressive on offense is my concern. I mean, like, <clears throat> to break down what the defense did, it seemed like the pass rush did show up quite a bit, but they still played that conservative crap where they allowed stuff underneath, and it was always, you know, James Bradbury just hitting a guy right when he catches the ball, or Mike Adams for some reason covering a wide receiver or tight end down the field. Um, you know, like it, they didn't play bad based on the situations they were given, considering the offense kind of left them out to dry in the first half. But I mean, this defense just. There were also times where, speaking of Mike Adams, there were times where Mike Adams was playing the box safety role and Eric Reed was the one back in as the, the quote unquote center fielder. And I don't understand that because that's like the exact opposite of what you should do. Like Eric Reed is excellent in that robber box safety role. And Mike Adams is really good at being the last line of defense. And, you know, I'm not a defensive coordinator, but why would you flip flop the two guys in roles that they shouldn't be playing? Because that's how they scored the Vernon Davis touchdown. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think either one of them is naturally set up to be a free safety. I think Mike Adams is just like the lesser of two evils. But yeah. Yeah, he he's just better at it than Eric Reed is. Eric Reed is more of a a blitzing box safety like like Brian Dawkins used to be. And you know, Mike Adams is 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 the same guy, but he's better suited to play quote free safety than Eric Reed is. Yeah, Eric Reed will make more of an impact up by the line for sure than Mike Adams. I mean, there were, there was a couple times where he got stiff-armed to the ground by Adrian Peterson. It's like why isn't Eric Reed the one delivering the hit on that play? There's one thing I want to say about the defense, yeah. and like, and I do want to reiterate again. I don't want to bash them too much, and I think the reason we're not talking about them too much is because they, <clears throat> for the most part, held up there into the bargain on Sunday. But there are two instances where it was like third and five, third and six, and we dropped about nine to ten yards back, and we gave up a quick completion to Jordan Reed, and he got a first down. Or one of them, he got a first down. The other one, he got stopped inches short, and they snuck it for a, fourth, a first down on fourth down. And part of that's, I'm sure, on the execution of the players and just like common sense. But I don't know why we're in it. They're in a situation where they're dropping nine or they're dropping four or five yards beyond the sticks on the third down. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's like the defense does that. And then when we have the ball, our wide receivers and tight ends, they go if it's third and six, they run a five yard route. Like it's it's like we don't have any idea where the sticks are on either side that, of the ball. Sounds, I think that makes no sense. Player problem. Right. I don't think it's as much a problem this year, but I think it was a problem when we we're like, you know, rolling out the wide receivers we had last year, where it's just like, Kalen Clay is not going to be Mister Savvy Route Runner out there. What what infuriates me too is that I feel like. I don't know how much of a hot take this might be, but I feel like this is the best group of guys where they can go up and play man mm -hmm. or like at least play press that we've had in a while. I mean, James Bradbury. Yeah, that's not a hot, that's not a hot take at all. That's 100 like percent. Bradbury accurate. has shown over the last three weeks that he can play a guy close the entire game. And even if he surrenders completion, it's pretty close. They got to they got to get they got to make that pat that catch like on the first contact or he's knocking it out. And. Dante Jackson is fast, scrappy. You know, he 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 played honestly one of his best games as a pro this past Sunday. He only surrendered like one completion. Um, 
And like Captain Munderland, yeah, you know, he gets bagged on a lot, but he can still play the press a little bit. And I just don't understand why they won't. They just refuse to let those guys go up there and do something. That they're all like, you know, at least moderately decent. Well, Keekly and Davis are also among the best. It's because Ron Rivera is scared. He's scared that the wide receivers will beat the press and be wide well, open over the top. Wa- I almost why. wonder if it's an Eric Washington thing because I saw more press coverage out of Steve Wilkes than I have since uh, Eric Washington took I'm sure over. It's a little of both. Like it could be. Um, I think it's a little bit of both because I think Eric Washington is a terrible defensive coordinator, and I think it was a mistake to hire him. I think he's an absolutely phenomenal defensive line coach but i truly believe that the the decline we've seen in the the front seven is because eric washington is no longer focused on the defensive line and he's just you know overall the defensive coordinator because brady hoke's doing a terrible job i wouldn't even call it a decline on the defensive line i mean like if you go back and watch there was um a little bit that eric washington did with uh max henson on panthers.com and he showed a few plays where the pressure showed up like Kyle Love did a nice job on one play. Uh, Vernon Butler made a pl- was the guy who made the Julius Peppers like ridiculous hit on Alex Smith happen. You know, Wes Horton's obviously playing very well. Like it doesn't seem like the defensive line is playing bad as much as that they just don't have a chance to get after the quarterback because the secondary is just playing so far off like all the time. It's just it's weird because this defense seems like they're they're trying to be made up where. The pass rush forces the ball to come out quickly, but the pass rush isn't that kind of pass rush anymore, and the secondary is not compensating for that. It's just fear. It's just, oh, just. I do me think nuts. there's a there's a a little part of us that plays defense like we're defending our own offense, where where most of the and it's not our yeah. offense isn't like this as much this year as much as it was the first seven years of. Rivera and Cam here, where it's like, if we're not running the ball, we're throwing it at least 10 yards down the field. And so there was no need for other teams to cover short of that. And that seems to be what we built our defense around. And like, it's, it's the NFL doesn't do that anymore. Like there's a huge emphasis on, on throwing the ball short and getting the ball into people, players hands. You have to disrupt it a little bit. Even just like sporadically, like I'm not saying we need to get up and like press man every single play and get up in everybody's faces. But you have to just kind of like have frequency. Yeah. yeah. You have to do it or just so they, they know, know you can and know you play. will. I know that's a weird take. Wait, are you suggesting that we, are you suggesting that <laughs> we use like subterfuge? It's it sounds like cheating because I mean we're supposed to say hey guys we're gonna run this play and you yeah, run well, that I, play I, I and we'll saw, just see who's better. Yeah, I saw because that seems Panthers to be our pro and he kind of and he's more of a film guy. He said he hasn't watched as much Hall Twenty Two this year or paid as much attention to it, but he even said it seems like we're doing more spot dropping and less pattern matching this year, and which is like modern NFL offenses will kill zone defenses where all their players are standing still in assigned spots. Like, especially when I, again, I don't have, like, the film to back it up, but I swear we run just, like, a generic, like, rush four, cover three, most first and second down plays. And then... It just seems like they're, it just seems like they're, what they want to do is have the corners, like, uh read and react. 
which is fine, but when you put them in a natural position where they're at a disadvantage, that's not good. Then you get the plays where James Bradbury does everything he damn can and still swats at the ball and the pass gets yeah. caught. I can I think it's happened at least like five or six times that I can remember off the top of my head where he crashes down on the wide receiver, the ball's already there by the time he's already swatting at it. It's like he did the mm-hmm. best he could crushing that cushion. Like not every player is four has runs a four three forty like Dante Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just the whole thing and then, yeah, and I I don't want to get too redundant with this, like going forward because people aren't gonna want to tune in and listen to us say the same thing every week. But it's just I I think the overall mindset we just and I I, I say it needs to change and the problem is you no know, it 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 won't with these people in charge. No, it's not gonna so change. Kinda, it's not gonna change. So I kind of had this not until we find a yesterday. New coach. I, yeah, yesterday was kind of when it happened, and I don't want to sound like dramatic because I'm I'm not the type to like knee jerk reaction and stuff. But there is kind of a a feeling of a no-lose situation this year. Like, it's a win-win regardless of the team's success. Because if, if we win, like, winning's just fun. Like, it's just more fun when the team's winning games. But if we keep struggling like we did on Sunday, and the last two weeks, really, and we just don't play the, the worst team in the NFL one of those two weeks, there's a chance we get a, a fresh voice in the locker room to bring a new approach to the team, which would be which would be exciting. Um, as much as I like Ron Rivera as a person, and he does have things he's good at, he's a great motivator. He gets players to buy in. He he keeps the locker room the locker room is always real tight. He does things. He's great at that stuff. But we just needs he really just needs a person to make all of his game management decisions for him. I will say this too to counter the uh, pessimism, and I'm not gonna say I fully buy into this, but I just I'm just going off of what I've seen over the last you know how many years with Ron Rivera. Seems like every year they gotta get this really embarrassing, outcoached loss out of the way. I mean, like 2013, after the Arizona Cardinals beat the shit out of the Panthers. We were all sitting there like, there's no way this team can be successful. They're just bad. They're just terrible. And then they came out and hammered out, what, Mm. nine straight wins? And then 2015, it's a little different only because, like, they still won, but they they went from being ugly wins to really good wins. And they ended the 2012 season where they they won, like, several, several games over the last bit of it. And I would say last year, too, after the really, really ugly loss to Chicago, they came out and won. So it's not like this team can't get their shit together and like string together some wins and manage to be competitive. It's just, as you said, it would be nice to see a fresh voice in the in the locker room. But not going to rule out that, you know, push all of a sudden because this team is very momentum-based, how they've been for the last several years. So we could see that. I'm not saying we will but it's possible and i think if they're going to do it they have to do it against philly so see that's the thing and that's what that that actually makes me more angry than if they just lost all the time it shouldn't take getting embarrassed by an inferior opponent to light a fire under you to make you start doing things that will lead to you winning games you should do that the very first minute of the very first game and you should keep doing that every single week like 
you shouldn't let an embarrassing loss say, oh, okay, well, we probably need to do a fresh approach. Just start doing the things that that make you win at the start, like the Patriots do, for example. You know, Bill Belichick doesn't wait until they lose to Buffalo before he starts game planning for opponents and, and all that stuff. They just come out of the gate doing it, and they actually win games that way, and we should be doing the same thing. This roster is way too talented on both sides of the ball to put up with this shit. Like, we have a franchise Hall of Fame potential quarterback, one of the best middle linebackers, and probably the best middle linebacker since Brian Erlacher. We have quality up front on on defensive line we have a decent corner we have a decent safety now we have um you know a strong linebacking core not just luke keekley we have a patchwork offensive line that's playing surprisingly well we have a dynamic wide receiver slash running back slash whatever you know, wildcat formation, whatever you want to put Christian McCaffrey in. We have a number one receiver. We have one of the the two best tight ends in the league. And we can't even beat Washington. Yeah. You know, like it takes losing to Washington for this, this ship to turn around. It's, it's, it's inexcusable. It's, Ron should be fired. And I've said this before. I've, I wrote it in the post-game recap. I wrote it in the, the winners-losers column, and people are still mad at me about it. But God damn it, Ron Rivera should lose his fucking job because he can't win against Jay Gruden with the roster that he has right now. It's inexcusable. And it's not a quote-unquote reaction to one bad game. It's the same shit we've seen for the last eight years. I'm tired of seeing a team play like shit, lose a game they shouldn't lose, rally the troops, and then go on a winning streak at the end of the year. You know, God damn it, just do that from week one and just deal with it and do it and stop being so scared. Stop being chicken shit that something's going to go wrong and just step on your opponent's throat and win the damn game. Just do that. Agreed. Ron Rivera said when when he was hired, he said, I want to twist the knife. We are still eight years later waiting for you to pull the knife out of your fucking pocket, Ron. Not just twist it, but actually pull it out. You haven't even done that much yet. And it's time you do. Because the new owner that we have owning this team will not play around and he will not put up with a loser's mentality like Jerry Richardson did. That's hey, hell yeah! Last time you went on a rant Good. like that, we signed Eric Reed like three days later, or that day. So uh, tune in. Good. What's going to happen today? Something. Hey, you never know. We <laughs> might we might sign. Um, I don't know. Beyond Bell. Whoever. Here we go. We'll just trade for better Christian. Levion Bell. We might trade for Levion Bell. Let's do with C.J. Henderson. Exactly, and then. Yeah, so. yeah. We'll mm-hmm. we'll, we'll trade for Le'Veon Bell and we'll mm-hmm. give him C.J. Anderson snaps. Well, anything else we'd like to add? One trade we should make, though. Real talk, we should trade oh for Amari Cooper. It wouldn't hurt if if, if knowing the no. It wouldn't hurt now. We shouldn't trade a first round pick like 
Oakland's asking, but we yeah, should be fine with that. we should dangle a third rounder or fourth rounder and see if they'll take it. I think he would be dynamic with. Heck, with I'd Cam even Newton. dangle a second rounder if you plan yeah. on re-signing him. Yeah, yeah. If you could re-sign him, I'd I'd, I'd make it a conditional third that turns into a second yeah. if he re-signs. I might be okay with that, but that's that's a pipe dream right now. So we'll see. Um. Anything else we'd like to add before our preview game next week with our very special guest? <laughs> nah, I'm good. I'm ready. No, I'm pretty much rant. Yeah, we'll have, out. To, we'll have to take our respite before we start our next one to rant again. So, well, nope. from all of us here at nope. the Fourth and Short podcast, thank you. Yeah, it's not Fourth and Short anymore, Brian. Keep sounding podcast. Let's keep sounding. From all of us here, I'm just, I'm just. Worst host ever. Sorry, I just have such like a role with that. I have to get used to it. Um, from all of us here at the Keep Sounding podcast, this is Brian, joined by John and Brad. You can check out the Keep Sounding podcast on iTunes, Google, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, check us out later this week. We are going to be talking about the Panthers playing the Eagles on Sunday. Oh, that should be a fun one. Um. We do have a very special guest, though. Uh, Matt Harmon, former NFL.com writer, current Yahoo.com writer, is going to come on and talk about the Panthers wide receivers with us. We are hoping for a better a better game to talk about afterwards, but hey, I'm sure he'll have some fun takes to have. So join us later this week with Matt Harmon. Um, but from all of us here at the Keep Sounding podcast, this is Brian joined by john and brad and you guys have a good rest of your week and we'll talk to you here in a couple days see you later keeps the football takes off to the end zone for the touchdown he takes the handoff and he scores avoided the dolphins behind the line of scrimmage and took it in for the first touchdown of the night newton keeps Lowers his shoulder and takes it in for the touchdown. On second and goal, shuttle pass, McCaffrey, touchdown. And off dive for Jonathan Stewart, and he's in for a touchdown. That's intercepted by Keeping. He has more of those than any linebacker in the league over the last five years. You know. It is good, and Carolina gets a run.